Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Christian Life Coach Collective. You're invited to this table with others on the same journey to becoming a great coach with a strong foundation, no matter what type of coaching you're called to. I've lived a lot of my life full of doubt and confusion about my purpose. I didn't know if my broken and messy story could be used by God, but I did know I wanted to find a way to serve Him and others while making money. In fact, I had no idea what life coaching even was, and I just thought it sounded kind of silly. But as I pressed into what God was calling me to, He was faithful to make the path clear to me, and now I love my life as a coach. In this podcast, you'll learn more about your calling as a coach, whether you've been doing it for a bit or just starting to think about it. You'll hear experts and coaching examples and learn new strategies and tools and so much more. I'm Laura Malone, and I'm honored to guide you in your coach calling, and together, We can pursue wholeheartedness for both you and your clients with the help of Holy Spirit. So get ready to become the hero in your own story and an amazing guide to others. And welcome back. This is episode four, and we are going to dive into how you can take your first steps into coaching. So maybe you've been coaching already, and maybe this will be a refresher. Maybe it'll be some new tips or tools for you. But for those of you who are just considering becoming a coach, you're looking into it, or you just want to know how to to do the very first thing in coaching without necessarily spending a bunch of money on starting a business and getting trained and certified and doing all of these things until you know that it's something you would enjoy doing. Now, the only thing I love more than training is learning. My husband and I built a training and certification program for crisis and disaster relief responders way back in 2007. Today we have around 11,000 trained responders. The graduation part of the course is nice and everybody gets a certificate, but the best part is the equipping, the transformation, and the releasing of those people to do what God's called them to. It's not the paper, the seal, or the ceremonial applause. It's the camaraderie of the journey and the rigor of the course, the doing hard things together aspect of it all that makes them go home changed and passionate. Then they go out on deployment with a desire to serve and love well. And now what we call our family is changing the world and bringing hope. They're equipped and released to touch lives that are experiencing some of the darkest, hardest, most terrible moments ever. And it's really beautiful. If you said to me that you wanted to get trained to respond to crisis, I'd first suggest that you start with your daily responses to the people in front of you, the ones at work, at the school, across the street, and more specifically, the ones in your house. Crisis is relative and it's interpreted and reacted to differently by everyone. Are you helping the one that God put in front of you? Or are you thinking the only way that you want to respond or help people is to go to strangers across the country or around the world? If that's the case, you may want to rethink your calling. After 15 years of building trainings and conferences, retreats and programs, I have a lot of information, but I also have a really wonderful dream in my heart that it's equipped me to know how to then turn around and equip and release Christian life coaches. Almost in the same way that we started our training program for responders, 
my heart has turned in the past decade towards helping coaches be trained and released with strong foundations, having lots of tools in your tool belt. And today's episode is about what I recommend you do if you're just beginning the journey into your coach calling. I want you to start with the one that's in front of you. Don't wait till you have a website, a certificate, somebody's approval, or even a plan. Go ask somebody to have coffee with you who seems like they could use a helping hand or a listening ear. And then and maybe just invite somebody who's a few steps behind you in some area to come spend the day with you and learn from you while you're operating just on a daily or at your best. You know, take heed of the scripture to listen first, speak last, and control your emotional reactions. These are the things that will help you get comfortable coaching more quickly. If you're already practicing asking the right questions instead of giving direction of how to copy you, well, you're putting Legos in your pocket to help build later. So I took a long time to start an actual business in coaching. I was in full-time ministry for 10 years or so before even having the dream of Sterling and Stone in my heart. Then I took another five years of walking in it um, and dreaming it and talking to the Lord about it before I even filed a business name with the state. I built my own website with, without any money for somebody's professional services just to get a feel for what I wanted, what I didn't want. Um, I, I learned about my voice in making things consumable. And along the way, I was always coaching in my house, in ministry, in a lobby, at conferences I actually paid to go to, um, at lunches, on walks, everywhere. It naturally came out of me. And now I even ask friends, like, what hat do you want me to wear in this conversation so I know if they're looking for Coach Laura or Friend Laura? And sometimes it goes from they want Friend Laura to needing Coach Laura somewhere in the conversation. So here's how I recommend that you practice coaching sessions, even if it looks more like mentoring, discipleship, or even just in your house with your kids. If you can um, just find some people who would like to spend an hour with you for the mutual benefit of both of you. And this is the flow that you would go with. Some of you already coach and have your own way, but I'm laying this out for those who've never coached or been coached so you can see how simple it really is. You can even write this out and follow it while you're on a Zoom call or even face-to-face with somebody. It's very natural to take notes while you're coaching so you can capture things that you feel rise up in the conversation, things you want to ask questions about, but instead it helps you to not interrupt the client or the person in front of you um, with what you're thinking because you, you can just take a note and come back around to it later without forgetting. So if you haven't already, um, when you sit down with somebody or connect with them, take the first five minutes to open up with just some inter- interesting conversation questions and curiosity. If you're more comfortable with just how's the weather, then go with that. But over time, I recommend that you turn your questions and the information you give into things that bring more connection. Like, so tell me the best part of your week so far. Or, hey, what's it like being the mom of twins? You know, just pull on little things you do know about them. Um, Ask wide questions 
that, you know, we're not going deep. We're not going backwards. We just, you know, what's the best part of your week so far gives you a little, their response, regardless of how good their week is going to be, has been, their response is going to help you see the tone and the, um, the natural feeling that they are coming into this conversation with. And you get insight at the same time that you're breaking the ice, basically. Then you're going to move into a question like, what's on your mind for today? Or tell me what kind of results you're looking to achieve in our time together. Oftentimes people don't even really know and they need some time to verbalize things and work through their thoughts. So you stay quiet while while you mirror them. Basically that that just means to let them see themselves reflecting reflected on your face and in your small responses. Uh-huh. Oh. Right. Mhm. If they seem excited, give your face a little bit of a lift. If they seem concerned, let your eyebrows furrow a little bit. Let them know that you're hearing and you're reflecting what you hear. And that that's called mirroring. It's helpful in every relationship, I can tell you. And then ask leading questions like, well, tell me more about that. And interesting, what's kept you from achieving that up to this point? And then let that go. That conversation go on. Let them talk it out for 10 to 15 minutes while you take notes. Following this, you're simply going to ask Holy Spirit to give you the right questions, the wisdom you need, and show you how to pray. It's really that simple because there's a ton of tools and strategies to use and, of course, all of your own personal knowledge and experience. But remember, first and foremost, that coaching is about what the client needs at an individual level, and nobody knows what they need better than the Lord. You might even want to ask what kind of help they think they need. Use the types of coaching in episode three to help outline that for them. So are they looking for pastoral care, uh, personal mentoring, a very clear strategy and steps, different possible um, ways to go forward, ideas? Ask them what they think would help them achieve the kind of results they say they want. Now, one of the simplest tools you can use is to help them see what are their true goals? This means helping them understand that if something is their true goal, they will know it because they can see efforts of them moving towards it. For example, if they want better connection with uh, a spouse or a parent or a child, are they trying to become a better communicator? Are those the types of prayers they're praying and books they're reading? Are they, are they trying to connect to the person by finding out what that person needs or um, thinking about how they can spend more time with them. If they want to take a trip to Spain and spend a month hiking the Camino de Santiago, are they learning basic Spanish and preparing for what they need to be hiking the mountains? If they aren't doing the things that lead them to the goal they have stated, then their stated goal isn't their true goal. This is where their eyes open a bit. And they might just question you or defend themselves or say, well, well, what I meant was, but just gently guide them through what actions they're taking or what inaction they've settled into. If their stated goal is connection, but their inaction shows that they continue to withdraw in their relationship, then their true goal might be comfort or apathy or even fear. Ask questions like, what do you think is keeping you from taking action? And what small steps can you take that would make connection your true goal? 
If they aren't learning Spanish, looking at flights, and considering what to pack, then a hiking trip is not their goal. It's, it's just a wish, a dream, or a future possibility. Simply moving that from one place in their mind to another will help them then have time to identify what they truly need to focus on. So you ask, what do you think your true goals need to be in this season? If we move this trip out of the way because it's not your true goal, then what do you need to be focusing on? This will help them get clear about what they really want and then close some of the tabs that are open in their brain browser. One of the best ways to understand this process of true goals is to determine your own. If you're wanting to become a coach, what would you say your stated and true goals are? What are you taking action on? Where are you stuck in inaction? And what do you need to let go of so that the decision fatigue is lessened in your life? What voices do you need to stop listening to so you can clear your mind and actually set a course? If this podcast is an extra voice in your life, don't listen to it. If you're supposed to be focused on cultivating your family life and not starting a business, go listen to voices that lead you that way. Our consumer culture has so many possibilities out there that it's important that you become more aware and self-govern all the things that are distracting you from your true goals. That means unsubscribing to all the crazy in your inbox. Unfollow the podcasts and the influencers and the posters who shouldn't even have a say in your life in the first place. And put away the books and shows that keep you from being actually fulfilled and productive. True goals are always associated with forward action. Stated goals are really just thoughts that are taking up space and they need to be categorized in the later or never section of our thoughts. People need to process through this and whiteboard a little. And as their coach, you're the expert question asker and whiteboarder. Sometimes the true goal is not a healthy one, yet somebody might actually be on track to achieving it. So that's where your discernment comes in and knowing how to ask the right question can help them. So do you feel this goal will help or hinder you? Will it help or hinder others? What does accomplishing this goal really gain you? And what kind of legacy does this create in your life if your legacy is a compilation of the daily results that you're creating? Help them see from another perspective and be able to process through anything that might not actually be a healthy, uh, a healthy goal to reach. Something that you think, what if this is actually going to hinder them or hinder their family or their business? something instead of helping them. It is not for you to decide that, but it is your responsibility as a coach to ask guiding questions and help the client see for themselves, take initiative, take ownership, and make the changes for them personally. If after you go through this session and you see that they are truly pursuing a true goal, then you can help them lay out a map of where they are create a vision statement of where they're going, and walk them through what they think are the right next steps to getting there. Determine if any of the steps they consider are out of order. Um, Do they clearly lead to the true goal? Who and what else do they need to accomplish the goal? And how do they feel they need to pray or ask for prayer if if that applies to your coaching relationship? You can wrap up the hour with a summary of what they've become aware of and accomplished. Then you can ask them if they'd like to meet again, if you want to. 
You can also ask them for feedback about your time together. That's going to be one of the best ways for you to have an assessment of your abilities at the time. A coaching session is really this simple at its foundation. I highly encourage you to start practicing it. Do it with permission, though. Don't just start coaching somebody without their input and their desire. Go seek out the ones who want guidance and help. And ask God to send them to you because he's happy to connect helping hands with the people who need them. I also want to invite you to the new Facebook group, Christian Life Coach Collective. It's a place for us as coaches to connect with one another, learn from each other, process and pray for each other. And also for people who are interested in becoming a Christian life coach, it's a great place for them to be able to connect and discover more about that calling. So I invite you to that, and the link will be in the show notes of this episode. You can also book a private coaching clarity session with me over at sterlingandstonementoring.com, and that link is in the show notes as well. I have so enjoyed being your guide today. Hopefully, I was able to give you some equipping and releasing. So I bless you to begin here. I release you to take imperfect action, and I give you permission to start walking in your calling as a coach. Have a great day, friend. And just to end, I bless you, your calling, and your coaching. And if you've loved any of this content, my favorite form of thanks is a written review over on Apple Podcasts. It'll only take you 30 seconds, and I would so appreciate it.